so here we are on episode 11 of Modern Life is Rubbish. Today I sat down and had a conversation with a really nice guy from Newry whose name is Sean McGuigan. Um, Sean's just a, an ordinary guy. Um, he's not a blogger. He's not a um, he's not a mindfulness coach. He's not a wellness coach. Um, he's just a he's just a good guy. And we sat down and we had a conversation about um, his experiences with having difficulties with mental health. And uh, we talked about what it's like being a, a fella, um, going to counselling, making um, making the first move to, to do that and to put the wheels in motion. And how he's grown it and how things are going for him now. So it's a good wee podcast. Um, I suppose it gives a, a good perspective, especially for, for men. Um, on what it's like, you know, to have a mental health, to have difficulties with your mental health uh, from time to time and to show you that it's not by any stretch of the imagination the end of the world and that a few sort of simple, simple things that take a lot of balls um, and sometimes it's the simplest things that take the most balls uh, can make all the difference. So I hope you enjoy it. There were a few questions on Instagram and stuff that we didn't get addressing before the podcast was recorded, but hopefully there's something in the podcast that might answer your question. Um, and as always, you want to get in touch, you can do so via Instagram. You can um, drop a private message on there uh, at McCooey's Nuri or on Twitter at McCooey Comedy. I know and uh, obviously on Facebook as well so if you want to get in touch get in touch if you don't don't that's grand just enjoy the podcast thank you you're very welcome to the latest podcast from me uh, Modern Life is Rubbish although I think I'm going to I'm going to rebrand it may call the Panic Station podcast sounds better doesn't it it does yeah um, I'm with uh, Neary's how do you describe yourself Neary's what yeah normal bloke normal bloke your average neighbourhood fucking normal lad. Like, yeah. Yeah. Middle aged. What age are you? Thirty four. You're not middle aged. I'm four years older than you. Like. We're, we're middle aged. Then. We are middle aged. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, Sean Wigan, you're very welcome. Thank what's you. What's happening? What? How, how? How? Why are we here? Why did we get here? We're here today to talk basically on mental health in today's society, in men and women, and today's times. And because I did, did I put out something on Instagram and you replied to it? To, about about doing a podcast yes. or talking about topics. It was topics for for podcasts, and uh, you jumped in with fucking. I'm going to do a podcast with you about mental health. Yes, yeah, so that was kind of how it worked, wasn't it? Yeah, I had to do it. I, I was going to throw it out there, so hopefully you did accept it and say yes. Well, absolutely. So we could get it out there, and yeah, I was quite nervous about it, talking about it, but I think we'll have to get it out there. So you're happy enough? You're not nervous now that you're sitting in the windy in Monaghan Street and. There's a woman sitting outside smoking a fag with her hair and rollers. No, definitely not. Nobody's See, the, looking in. Yeah, a lot of these people that a lot of people that listen to this old podcast aren't actually from Newry. So sometimes you throw in wee bits and pieces of what's going on around you and they think it's they think it's a lie. They think, oh that's just McCoy being a wanker and having a laugh. It's not. It's facts. It's definitely not. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not. This is common life. It is common life, but maybe mental health in Newry is a whole other podcast topic. It is, definitely is. Yeah, you could have a whole series of podcasts about it. Um, so, right, well, well, why why did you did you message me that thing? I messaged you 
uh, just to have a chat about mental health and me itself that it's something that needs to be put out there from someone that has and still has certain mental health problems and it is that men don't talk about it enough that the the hide it turns into anger people say oh there's a lot of angry men about yeah but the stuff going on inside we don't know how to express it what's your background then are you where you're from the town i am i'm from Newry myself right and what are you just School, what school did you school go to? School in Newry Heights, St Patrick's Primary School in Newry Heights. Newry Heights, did you? Yes. What did you go to the Prodi School for? I had to mix it up. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> bit of casual sectarianism, never did anybody <laughs> any harm. Um, so you went to Newry Heights, and then did you what? Did you go to uni, or did you? I did. I went to Newry Tech. So I went Newry Tech, and I went on to do a trade. So now it's trade, and then I mixed a few jobs up here and there, and I ended up on uh, working for a maintenance company. Right. So as the years went on, worked worked for a maintenance company. I was in an in an accident myself in a work related accident, and from that accident, I developed a few problems myself with my health, and that developed depression and anxiety. What was your accident? It was uh, electrocution. Oh shit! Yes. Right. Where, 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 how did you manage that? Yeah. Or, or how, well, not how did you manage it, but how did how did it come about? Like? It came about just working on a casual day, and it come about just the accident. It happened. It shouldn't have happened. When it happened. Right. So, uh, yeah. After that, I was I felt fine, and the immune system broke down. Not getting into too much detail. Yeah. So, what what was your in, your initial injuries? Like? The initial injuries was uh, my immune system broke down. It was it was just electric shock and what comes after. Right. Okay. So I uh, developed uh, post traumatic stress syndrome and that uh, have nightmares, yeah. uh, skin conditions, psoriasis. Yeah. So a few of them things I battled on with, but I didn't know at the time the facts of mental health then. So when you say like post-traumatic stress like how did that manifest itself you're talking about nightmares just, yes. just reliving the reliving the accident on yeah. a daily basis on a weekly nightly you're waking up having nightmares you had something in the street you go walking down the street a flash would right okay take it back up certain things I got yeah and whenever the and this is the sound I feel like I feel like and look like Stephen Nolan here but whenever your accident happened like what we, you know, when it when it actually happened, what did it feel like? I didn't remember too much. Right, okay. Yeah, it was just when split things. Because when you see it in, in like the movies and you see it in soap operas on casually and stuff like that, right? No, the hair wasn't standing. Well, no, but you know, like you know, you, you, your grip tightens on whatever yeah. it is, and you know, um, somebody comes along with a fucking with a brush shaft, and they're like, you know, trying to like cut the electric off or whatever. Um, so was was it like was what was it the was, sensation? It it, it was a. T- it was one of them split seconds. You don't remember too much, but you just remember the aftermath. Right. Just one of them split second decisions, and one of them. And approximately how many volts has gone through you at this stage? Uh, I'm not too sure about the voltage now on the accident itself. Did you get an erection? Journal. Too sure. Kind of. <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah. I'm only joking. You've got one right now, so like fuck oh. Um. Yeah. So how long did that last for then? The. So the. It developed over a period of say it happened now six years six years ago it happened so I you don't know you develop anxieties and depression over the two years but you you don't know you have them until it's diagnosed yeah so you're living with it unknowingly so at what point did you say because obviously I'm sure there was there was physical you know physical effects of the accident and obviously I'm assuming that they go away given time but when it's the old mind, you know, yes, at what stage, plain. you know, because obviously you can't see 
the physicality of, of no. the mind. So, at what what point did, did you say something not right here? Uh, I think it was the effects of my life itself. That's due to relationships, living day to day things that you don't know what's happening to you, but it's having an effect on you. Mm. And family members might see it, uh, your friends might see it, but you don't know you have it yourself. And even when you do have it and you are diagnosed with something, you, you never tell anybody. Mm. As a man's point of view, and I, I know that myself. So what was your, like, what did, what action did you take when you said, like, I'm, I don't feel right here, like, this is getting on top of me, these dreams and stuff are, are starting to fucking really affect me. Did did you make the decision then to go to a GP or... Yes, I had to, I, I was, I, you'd be regular based yeah, as a GP yeah. anyway, and they, you would tell them and uh, you would tell them and they would diagnose you and try to help you out in certain ways but once you're stopping with the doctor on a regular basis and it's down to yourself you're trying to get back into work and daily life it is a hard thing because you're still not right but you're trying to live in a society that is perfect and you don't have somebody sort of regularly checking up on you and asking you the questions that you need that you want to answer Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to go and fucking tell it is and then on a daily basis as a man you're, you, anybody asks you family, friends and, and, and say if you're in a environment in a football team in a Gaelic team and if you're even as a crowd of friends afterwards and you're all sitting talking and they're saying well how are you you're going to sit and say you're fine anyway you're never yeah. going to tell anybody how you really feel yeah and did you, did you tell anybody that wasn't the doctor did you have someone you know no no I built I let it build up for a long time right very long time and then I started not diagnosing myself, trying to, when I got to a certain point, just say the lowest of the low, I started re- rebuilding myself as a person. Yeah. So I was I was never I was never the same person I was. Yeah. So I started rebuilding myself, just small segments and trying to set small goals per day. And what did what did the the doctor what was how was your experience with them? Because I, I believe it or not get a lot of people messaging me and saying, you know, because I, I put it out there that like I'm on antidepressants and have been for whatever about five years right yes. so um, so that was a whole culmination of things that just broke things you know um, and I sort of put my hands up and said right I need to go to the doctor here because I'd been to the doctor before about depression but I'd always sort of said no I don't want to take antidepressants because you know they do tell you you know when it comes to side effects that they, they can make you irritable and they can make you this that and the other but I understand now that's just like a catch-all sort of you know like a disclaimer almost you know and it's not written in stone that you're going to be irritable that you're going to fucking have constipation or you're going to have you know because obviously they have to list all these things but that was something that I was afraid about was being irritable and because I already was irritable and I didn't need to be any more so than I was so um but then obviously as I said you know what I can't I can't go on the way I'm going here I'm going to have to just do it I'm told or yes. what I'm advised by the doctor, yeah. right? And there's a reason they're advising you. Um, and people from, I sort of put that out there, you get the odd message from somebody saying, I remember you, you, you spoke about being on antidepressants. How did you find them? Or, you know, who do you think is the best person to talk to? And, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I always sort of try and, I always try and point people at their GP. But I know that's not the best fit for some people. Yeah. Um, or a person they can trust doesn't have to be family doesn't you know some people don't have great relationships with their family or they might want the family to know so a good friend you know would be a good person to talk to I've even said to people if you have a relationship with you know a priest yeah. or you know if, if you you know if you belong to any like religious 
you know, organisation, if you practice your religion and you have a minister or a pastor or, you know, because that's what they're there for too, you know. It's not something that I would do. No. You know, personally speaking, it's not something that I would do, but, you know, hey-ho. So, um, like, what advice would you give to somebody that's saying, I'm not feeling great here, what what should I do? Yeah, on, on the half of not feeling great, you have to sit down and just, it's not look at yourself, take a hard look at yourself, it's definitely not that there. It is, you, you have to look back and go, right, what took this on me? Uh, how's it? there could be so many different reasons it could be a relationship it could be work related it could be debt it could be anything at all but you have to try to talk to someone in regards to that if it's family if it's a friend as you said but I don't like as you people go on and take a medication for no reason at all yeah yeah because they think that do not do that there yeah try to break it down right why am I at this point what's happened to me how do I rebuild myself and set yourself a goal to do that yeah to help yourself before the medication and if you're at the stage where you need to go to the GP and talk to someone and he does scream yeah. the matter, that's not a problem at all. Yeah, well you see, that's, you no, know, I agree with you and I don't think that just simply taking, you know, medication just because you should, yeah. you know, or because, I don't think that's a fix, right, it's not a fix, but whenever, because obviously there's physical symptoms involved with anxiety and depression and stuff, so there's tiredness, um, you know, fucking loss of sex drive, you know, yeah. all those classic symptoms are, yeah. you know, zoning out, you know, disassociating, just, just existing or whatever, um, you know, eating too much, eating too little, all that sort of stuff. And whenever I went that time to my doctor, I didn't, I, I just went and I was like, this is the crack. And he was like, right, okay. And I actually said to him, I was like, I don't want to take antidepressants. And I had been given, there was this terrible computer program sort of thing it was like a PowerPoint presentation called yes. Beating the Blues and it was like a CBT program and I'd been given it years before and you logged in and you basically like you know you had to like write in what your problem was yes. right so like you know your problem is sadness you know <laughs> uh, yeah. what are we going to do to work on your sadness <laughs> this week yeah. right and there was these terrible case studies about old women like you know Betty lives in a fucking nursing home and all her friends have died she's yeah. got no family she's got no blah 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 blah. what do you think Betty is feeling right now so I was sitting you know watching these wee video clips going I fucking feel so sorry for this poor bitch Betty <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm screeching you know um, so uh, that's when I went and I said that and I says, don't take any depressants I said but I'm going to try this CBT program again and he was like right okay he sort of looked at me and he was like right he printed out a form and you know the questionnaire you get given the yeah. questionnaire you know how many times have you felt worthless how many yes. times have you felt useless have you thought about harming yourself blah, blah, yeah. blah. So fill that in and I, he was very not that he was very cold but he was he was very cool and very methodical yeah. and regimented um, not, not even regimented but just matter of fact you know yeah. and I was like fuck's sake here we go so circled a few things ticked a few things give it back to him and he read it over and he was like right okay he says why do you want to take antidepressants and I told him my reasons why and he said right he says listen at the end of the day he said you are low on serotonin so we need to reintroduce serotonin back into your system to bring you back to where yeah. you should be he says you don't need to make a big deal out of it you don't need to think that it's anything more than it is this is literally a chemical imbalance within your your body so this is serotonin here in a wee box that I'm going to give you so take it and then when you're feeling the effects of it 
start putting in place your talking therapies, get your diet correct, you know, eat, eat properly, eat well, exercise, yes. blah, 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 blah. So it's not that it was a fix, but it was just taking that... Step. Just taking that wee bit of a cloud off your shoulders to let you lift your head up and do yeah. the things that you need to do. So, no, I, I can see where, where you're coming from there, but... No, I don't think tablets are a catch-all, but they definitely, if you're at that stage, we need a wee bit of extra help. Yes. But you can't just do nothing. No, I'll admit that, yes. If you are down, <laughs> say you're at the lowest step ever, and you need that little bit of a boost, yes, they're there to help you, as yeah. in to take you up, to push you on your way, to help you take out of that that hole. I understand that completely. But uh, if, if you have childhood trauma, or um, you've been a victim of a crime, or a victim yeah. of abuse, or a victim of something, or in your case, you know, you're, you've trauma associated there with a with an accident, taking tablets not going to change that no. or erase it. No. You have to talk through it. Yeah. Unpick it, work your way through it, and stuff like that. So it is, and that's where the charity step in. Charities. You have, a, you have Lifeline, you have a local charity, Pips, which is which helped me, which was unbelievable. Are you Did you go to counselling? Yes, or? I went to counselling and I did. And I done. I started off just talking and I got acupuncture as well. Alright, okay. So it was really, really good. Yeah. And it helped me. It was just even having a conversation with someone you don't know. Mm. It is so hard to start and awkward. Yeah. But getting comfortable with someone after a few sessions, it can be four, it can be five, but they're, they're there for you to help you. And it doesn't matter how far you're along with anxiety and depressions, they can try to help you in any way at all. When did you what when did you go to Pips? I went to Pips in, in four years ago now. Right. Went four years ago and I done counselling and it was unbelievable. And did because we know well I know that you're you've family member that works yes. for Pips or volunteers or whatever. Um so was she there? Before yes. you came, before you, you used the service? Or? Yes, she was there right, beforehand okay. and I wouldn't have known it was her, only for her. Only for her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it is. It's A lot of people don't know about Pips. No. You know, because obviously I've mentioned them as well and, you know, the odd time, you know, some of the messages would be, how do you get in touch with Pips? What do they, you know, how much is it? How much do you have to pay? Now, I've had two goals of counselling through Pips um, a couple of years apart and it's been free. Yeah, and you know that's not the reason though to go. If it was, if you had to pay for it, I would yeah. happily, I would happily pay for it because the experience that I had with the counselor that I had, and I had the same counselor both times. Yeah, um, because I had done private counselling stuff before, and you don't just because you don't maybe get a great fit with the counsellor on the first go it doesn't mean the counsellor's not going to work for you yeah you know because obviously there's personality involved and Emotions. you know yeah so um i wouldn't ever let that put somebody off you know yeah. if they have a bad you know a poor experience the first time yeah okay you can put your hand up and say listen this isn't a great fit for me and again with uh i think whenever it's a stranger you don't like you know that they're bound by confidentiality rules and stuff like that and you also know that they're not going to be affected by what you say. You can't hurt that person's feelings or you can't let them down yeah. because they don't know you. Yeah, it's not the fear of, like you're talking about a family member. Yeah, so they're literally there to listen to you and to help you. Yeah, they are. You know, so would you would you use Pips again then, obviously? Yeah, yeah if, if I ever needed to go on counselling again or I needed any therapy at all, that's the first place I would go. I would get in contact with them. 
and you can get in contact with them online over the phone if you're ever in really need of them. There they are. Did you feel like a dick on your first session? Yeah, but I think it was it wasn't it wasn't even the the selfish of myself. It was more it was more I needed to do it for myself. So it was pushing myself. I think that was the first step I took as a man to push yourself. Because as a man, I thought, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need it. Mm. But I knew I needed it. But I, kept, I was lying to myself. Yeah. Um, was it a, a male counsellor? No. You went to? It was female? No, it was a female counsellor. And she was unbelievable. At the start, as you said, that awkwardness, it was there. Yeah. I didn't know what, I sat in the room, I didn't know what to say. But after a while, it very comfortable. Did you cry? Maybe. You know, I did. I did the first session and I just cry and cry and cry and cry. And then you're like, oh God. Yeah. But was it a relief after for yourself then? Absolutely. Yes. You're rack tired. Yeah. You're rack tired that evening and even into the next day. But it's you're, you don't have that same dread in your chest. I, I find, you know, that it, yeah. each week you can breathe a wee bit more easy. That's where I found it really, really good. Each week was a, a step better in the right direction. And that's where I started admitting to myself, I have to fix myself. No one, no one wants mental health problems. Mm. No one wants, but we're, we're living in a society now where everything's perfect. And I think, even with men, it's even with women themselves, we reach too high, or we put our goals too high, instead of taking small steps at a time, you see something on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you're going, oh, I want to be there, I want that. Yeah. Well, you have to work for it yourself in small segments. So what, what steps would you have taken or what things would you have done outside of counselling or anything like that? Sorry for the coffee grinder going on there. It's okay. Um, what's, what things did you do on, on your, off your own bat to help you? Yeah, I took small steps as in trying to figure out the illness itself, researching it yourself. How can you make it better for yourself yeah. without just having that black cloud, black, sorry, black cloud always over you. And thinking, right, I can't cope, I can't, but you should, it, it just doesn't change overnight that, right, how am I gonna help myself? Yeah, researching it, and on the other hand, I was still battling with some skin condition. So I was, I, I like to set myself go, right, what research am I gonna do today, this yes. week? Even next week, right, take a wee break in between. Don't, don't let it get in you too much exercise maybe that wee bit more I think it's just setting them small goals per week um, yeah because whenever you do go to the doctor they'll, that's the first thing they say to you is you know you, you need to take the exercise right um, and just when you mentioned there about social media and stuff like that's that's always one of the things that these sort of self-appointed uh, inspirational gurus you know say yeah. you know get out there get into the fresh air blah 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 take you know take exercise and for that's not always achievable for somebody who's really just lying in their bed and doesn't yeah. know how the fuck to get out of it like yeah. you know but I know like the most important bit is actually doing it right you know like yeah. going into the gym or even going out for some sort of a walk you know and you do you do feel good when you have it done yeah. right but there's loads of roadblocks in your mind between 
doing it yeah. you know between starting and finishing yeah. you know um, but what, what sort of exercise would you be team sports or would you be a gym head or? it was even no it, it, it was gym as well but I started off with small steps I'll go for a walk today mm. the next maybe the next week right I'll go to the gym I'll go for a run it was just all small steps to build up into something better mm. I was never forcing myself right I have to get up at 6 in the morning yeah. I have to do 10 push ups 10 sit ups don't even think of that because you're thinking too far ahead of yourself then. Yeah. And you're already in a situation where you're overthinking a lot. Yeah. And that's part of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you mean? You have to. You have to go right. I go for a walk. Breathe. I done that. Get into a nice routine. I know if it's hard enough if you're working trying to support a family, how am I going to fit this in? Mm. Hopefully, if you've someone there to support you, go look. I need a wee bit of time. Go for a wee walk or something. You have a kid, don't you? I do, yeah. Girl. I have a beautiful daughter. A beautiful daughter. What age is she? She is six. Six. Very good. So she'd have been... She would have been one. Right. Yes, okay. No. Jesus, that's yeah. tough, boy. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was It was tough. The, re- the relationship was tough as well. Every, everything around it, it affected my whole life, every yeah. aspect of it. But uh, I didn't just turn, turn around overnight and say, right, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Definitely not. I had mood swings, pushed people away from me. Uh-huh. And you're probably going to myself... You're probably saying Sean's you, Sean's outgoing fella, mm. you, you know, wee bit, wee bit cheeky. Yeah, yeah. But that was during that. I was actually, I was out every other weekend drinking, and I was, I drank a lot on weekends, and that was to cover, right? The, the basically to hide the depression, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So you, you'd go out and just, yeah, just go like. Yeah, to forget, to forget. Yeah, yeah alcohol forget. forgets it. So I got into a routine as well, just going out and drinking a lot over a few, maybe over two years. And I thought it was a social. I was making new friends, mm. but deep down it was it was eating away at me. It was killing yeah, me. Yeah, and then you're probably feeling shit then from yeah. from Monday, like physically Monday shit. To, yeah, Monday to Thursday. Yeah, you start to feel good again, and you do. It's a vicious cycle. You do it all again. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, you, I can see how you could beat yourself up for that yeah but there's no point beating yourself up for that because you were doing what you thought was right at the time yeah you know um, I didn't know uh, didn't know where to turn and if you get a text message from a friend because you know you're set up you fancy a wee drink and you head mm. out and then you don't want to go home because you want to have why do I want to go home do you know it's yeah. just the it's the mental, it's the mental side of it. The did, did it ever cross your mind to say to any of your friends that you were in, in a bad place or you weren't feeling? I might good? have admitted once or twice when you're when you're drunk. When you're, when you're, drunk, when you're yeah. drunk, but your friend laugh it off and go, "No, you're okay." Yeah. So that's where you have to, on a personal level, on a professional level, you have to sit down and do it midweek if you're no alcohol involved and yeah. admit it openly and say, "Right, I need to change." Yeah. And did you do that to to just to yourself, or did you do it yeah. to a family member? Did you? No, I done it. A family member helped me out, and uh, then I had to take them small steps mm. and open it up and say, "Right, this is what's wrong." There's people going to hear this and say, "I never even knew that about Sean." Yeah, and even family members. Yeah, I know. Well, look, it, it takes a lot of balls to to say it, and you know, there's not there's not not every single person in your is going to hear this podcast. Let's face it; very very few people are going to hear it. But the right people are going to hear, you know, yes. and and take a wee bit away from it, you know. Um, I got a question in on Instagram earlier on. Uh, let me see. See, so we put your photograph up, and then the the uh, the switchboard lit up. If you know what I mean. There's a lot of women. 
you know, like you. And then her sister did message and said, look at the head in him, which no, was which is, was lovely. That's a compliment. Well, do you know what? Fair play, Adler. Um, right, well, Wu Tang, my old friend Wu Tang said, do you think there's pressure to put, uh, sorry, pressure put on men to have their shit together? Yeah, there definitely is. In, the day, in today's age, there is that aspect of life a man should have say a lot in his late 20s early 30s he should be established he should have a good job he should have a big house and then I think I think that rolls with it then in the relationship aspect mm. men think they should have a lot because they should never hang out with a perfect life when it's not the truth what is the perfect life? be happy in yourself yeah and what do, what do you think that lads think a perfect life is? having that perfect girlfriend having the perfect car the perfect house when it's it's real really not yeah it's simplifying simplifying life yeah having the simple things have a running car have a house have running water yeah be comfortable mm. not having the, the holidays in Jamaica and New York every twice a year see I think, I think that's it's not that's not even limited to men like I mean there's a lot of girls that I know like I went to an old girls school right so all the girls that I would have seen about, you know, I see them after school, and I, I can see some of them are doing. You see, that's that's me making assumptions, right? But there's there's some of them that I see, and it looks to me like they're ticking the boxes of life. Yeah. Right. So they have they've went to university, right? Because their teachers told them that that's what you do when you yeah. finish school. You go to university, right? Um, and invariably they've done a course, and they're not using it. Right. So they've done fucking whatever. Byzantine studies or fucking something something whatever and they're they're not using it, right? Then they get right so they get a job, they get a fella. Generally. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't very many lesbians there her. Um it was more than a ladies thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, so they get a fella, grand, shift him, shift him, shift him, shift him, shift him, shift him, engaged, married, boom, done. Build a house. Yeah. Or buy a house, but most of them seem to build a house, uh, and then might have a job, and then kid, kid, yeah, kid, the end, yeah, you know, and they don't look happy about it. Some of them don't look happy yeah. about it, you know, and uh, but again, maybe that's just me being I'm a massive cynic, like you know. No, I think and that is, I think that is a culture in. In Ireland itself, in Northern yeah. Ireland itself, that is the culture and that is leave and as you said they're ticking all the boxes doing this. But I think as the years change you can see society changing as well. That yeah. you don't need all this, you don't need to uh, people change their minds every day. Mm. You, you, you don't need that big house, you don't need that big car. Some people are happy the way they are in their wee one bedroom apartment mm. and live loving life. Yeah. I, I think that's just people get into a routine of culture and say, Oh, this is what you need to do. Yeah. But you need to do what's best for yourself, because mm. you can have that big house and you're not happy in it. Yeah, and a, a house that you're not happy in is a fucking lonely house. Yeah. Whether it's massive or whether it's fucking tiny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you have to make your environment comfortable for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, did anybody put pressure on you to have a perfect life? I Parents or your family? No, or? my parents. Uh, um, my family's been brilliant. There's no pressure at all. It's be happy. Yeah. That I think that's what I think that maybe if I had any pressure, I put it on myself. Yeah. Because of society, social media, 
this is the way you should be, that's the way you should be, this is the way you dress, this is the way you should look. Mm. You should, everything should be perfect. Yeah. So nobody ever said, yeah, Jesus, but is, is, you know, should you not be married? Like, I said about, you know, that that typical girl who has done, ticked all the boxes, she has all them boxes ticked the time she's 27 or 28. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, 22, but ticked by now. Yeah, and, and like, I'd be looking at somebody, somebody like that at... 27, 28, and maybe they are happy. Maybe that is it, and they've you know they've worked through all the steps and they've yeah. achieved their happiness, and they're genuinely content with it. But I'd be thinking to myself, right, you're twenty eight now. You're going to live for now potentially for now fifty years. Yeah. Are you going to do everything? You know, is this is this, is this, is this, is this a, a routine for is this your life? For, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, life throws up different things, and you know, fucking blah blah. You know, and those children that you have are going to grow up, and then there's going to be grandchildren. So life's always moving; it's always evolving. But essentially, for at least a good twenty years, you're doing the same thing day in day. Yeah. Out. Some people love that mindset. They were, I say, tuck up in that environment, and they love that same routine, family life, as you say, and. There's other boxes to tick. It depends what you prefer in your own life. Yeah. There's different. Every no one's the same. We have to remember that not one person's the same. So this, oh, everybody should look this way, that way. I think it, no matter what you, as long as you're happy with the way you look and you you rock your life. Yeah. But it takes a lot of balls to do that, though. It does. I think that's the thing. Because society we live in, they turn around and go right. You have to wear this. Advertisement is a mad thing. Mm. So this, they would advertise right. This is the way you should look. Instagram, take ad for example. Every second page you go onto, there's a blogger perfect teeth perfect hair perfect skin yeah. when there's 10 filters put on it yeah no no <laughs> social media is a, f- a complete head wreck like but um, guessing you maybe don't get too sort of bought into that no I done the, the social media side of things with with buttercream itself as a stepping stone for me to take me out of my comfort zone yes yes I'm forgetting sorry guys for uh, the listeners Sean is actually a professional model part time part time Zoolander yes full time fucking <laughs> Highlander, I don't know. Um, how did you get into that? Yeah, through a friend. A friend asked me to do it. Uh, they were looking at a male model, and I'm far from a male model. So I just said, I'll take a few pictures down, throw on a bit of clobber, see how it goes. Yeah. And it's a good crack. It, it, yeah, it turns out. But then after a while, when you, you start doing it for a while, it turns into a, I think a bit more of a nervous thing because they want more out of you. They want that perfect picture. They want mm. that filter. They want. And after a while, they were happy enough for me for a while because I think they could no one else to do it. Ah, I know what you mean. So I I put myself forward and I stopped it then. I actually sent a woman an email that says, I can't do it no more because as anxieties in myself, I have yeah. skin condition and I've seen that in photographs yeah. and I told her I stopped, I didn't want to do it. Right. And what, what anxieties would you have? Did, did you get slagged? No, it, you're always going to get the slagging from yeah. your friends. Oh, there's Suland, or there's the man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't mind that because it's all in good banter and I never seen the say the bad side of it you know mm. bad comments or anything because I would if it was a bad comment I would be getting the crack back I would Aye, be yeah, yeah. myself but I've never seen that but it was more the anxieties in myself that I stopped myself from doing it yeah and was that just centred around your, your skin yes I was the skin I was right, more psoriasis yes right okay and was, so was that brought on by that was brought on by the accident right okay yeah so it was I, I'll be honest I, I've known you for what three or four years now and I, I didn't know you had psoriasis no no a lot of people it's more shoulders down always right, okay. covered always long sleeves yeah yeah the, the shorts on once in the blue moon yeah that's true I've seen you in the shorts beyond, beyond all the hair <laughs> um, and what do you 
obviously do you receive treatment for that yes or? I receive treatment I, I, I treat myself on a daily basis I'm sure you do <laughs> <laughs> masturbation is also a very effective tool to uh, stress relief yeah stress relief and uh, serotonin production I would imagine so I heard I don't know if it's true or not no, that's rumours well girls can't can't do that no no um yeah, I, I would find it hard not to slag somebody um if I if one of my mates was modelling for yeah. you know but again as you say it's all in it's in good it's, humor. In, it's in good humour yeah, like, you know um but it, t- it would take a lot of balls to to put yourself out there too. Did you ever have a billboard? No, no billboards. Yeah, that that'd be a big one, wouldn't it? Like yeah, it would be big. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, you know. Yeah. It was, a, it was magazines, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it was all. In, Oriented around buttercream itself. Yeah. You're going for them on a daily basis, and the new clothing comes in, model it for them. But then I found myself after a while that I was looking at other, say, other male models. Yeah. And I didn't see myself as a, I don't see myself as a model. And you know the way you look for that Instagram perfect picture. Yeah. That but that certain people want, and I just couldn't find it. And I, I took pictures took hundreds of pictures and I couldn't send one of them on I was just like no I can't do this no more and who did you take your own pictures or yes you, and you, you people in to take pictures as well right I think, okay I think that's the blog inside of it but yeah I wouldn't really be a, a blogger now yeah and who, who took your pictures with you I would take a lot myself and I would get other friends and yeah. family members in and what was it that you weren't happy with I think it was just the look of myself you know that perfect look everyone's looking for what is it though I think, well, how do you call it? An Instagram look. That perfect look. You have the perfect smile, the perfect colour. Now, you know, yeah. the shot where I'm rocking up after work, throwing on clothes and taking a few pictures and looking at them and saying, well, that doesn't look right. Maybe because I just worked a 12-hour shift. Yeah. But you thought they didn't look right? Yeah. See. Did other people think they didn't look right? See, I'm not too sure. See, that's it. Yeah. Because I, I, I put that picture of you up earlier on, and I, I thought that's, I had that's really good picture. Like, oh, uh, uh, that was from a fashion photographer. That was for local woman or something. Yes, was it? that's exactly right. What it was okay, for. yeah. Um, she have told me this. I, I do a bit of photography, yeah. a bit of portrait photography. You know, that could have been unreal. Um, but I know what I know what you mean. I suppose when you think of a male model, you think of um, the six pack, well, the jawline, height, and. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, love but, you, I love how you slip that in the no height. as in like height height like yeah, six, six, foot, six foot plus yeah. like you know what height are you I five yet five yet generous um, <laughs> I'm always slagging no uh, but I, I do know what you mean but yeah I don't know I suppose it's, again it comes down to putting pressure on yourself it is yeah that's and I've come a, I've come a long way but I think it was more I felt out of my death then mm. I'm going to myself, right, I, I have a full-time job and I'm doing this and it says, right, I think I'm starting to put a wee bit too much pressure on myself. Yeah. So I've, I would be like that now. I know when I'm out of my comfort zone. Pull back. And I would pull back and say, no, just leave that for another time. Yeah. Yeah, because, no, that's right, because I, I would find it hard to say no in general to, yeah. to fucking people asking me stuff, right, whatever it is. Should that be something to do with work? Like, literally, you know, can you do... No, obviously it's not happening at the minute because the way things are but you know can you do a fucking a buffet for 50 people and I want this 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 and this and this right and there have been occasions where I don't do what they're asking but because they've asked me I feel like I have to to do that and I end up putting pressure on myself busting myself because I'm worried that it's not going to be right I'm worried that I have to fulfil the, this these people's expectations you know whereas if I just had said 
do you know what that's not what I do but I appreciate you thinking of yeah. me you know why don't you try somewhere else Dally Lakes or whatever yeah. blah 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 and that's problem solved because at the end of the day that person's going to look at the message and go alright fair enough she doesn't do that yeah. right I'll go somewhere else and that's it gone out of their head whereas I was just saying oh god I'm, I'm so grateful that this person's asked me to do this I, I need to do that for them well, to, keep, to, to make them happy I think that's where it comes out of the key communication where it's vice versa I say it with a family member a customer mm. you're letting you're letting them know where you stand as well where if you say you're only starting off and you don't know you have depression that's that's so far away I think that's you realise that when you've took all them steps and yeah. you're feeling that wee bit better and you know where you stand yeah you, you don't know where you stand at the start because you don't know what's going on yeah but the communication and, and that that's the same in a relationship once you know what's wrong with you and you communicate if say in a relationship and your wife says why are you so angry as a man you don't know yeah but deep down you have depression and then that relationship ends down the line again and you're you realize just a wee bit of immaturity and anger because of depression yeah, yeah. um would you say that you had depression or would you have said because a lot of people talk about these days depression and anxiety depression and anxiety like fucking you know like Hall Notes yeah. that's, that's a bit of a fucking ropey um, reference there 1980s. from music yeah, very 1980s um, but the two seem to go hand in hand but to me the two are incredibly different they are. and I would be more on the depression scale or on the depression train yes right, with wee flurries of anxiety now and again yeah. where I know some people who are just generally anxious all yeah. the time that's emotional effect yeah, the anxiety side of it. So what? What would you if you had a if you had a pick one as such to, to, that sort of encapsulated what you were feeling? Uh, I know I went through a lot of a lot of depression for a lot of large, a lot of dark depression for a while. Mm. Um, then I think with mine the fact of the accent had a lot of anxiety as well. Yeah. So I, I think I had a, one came, one went away. One came, one went away. Do you know it was like yeah. a. It's like a, just like a wave every time. Yeah. So then, but down the line, I still have a wee bit of anxiety. Now, everybody has a, that small bit of anxiety, but they yeah. never admit it. Yeah. Well, I suppose maybe some people don't realise that they have it. Yes. You know, um, I would, what I'd come, I would never really say to somebody, I have anxiety, you know, at the minute. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, there's some people that you can have that open and honest sort of, you know, conversation with you say I'm feeling really I'm feeling really anxious right yeah. but in the past I would have said things like I'm just not at myself or I'm taking over too quick yeah you didn't know how to yeah. um, express yourself at that time and I, I suppose a part of yeah didn't know how to express yourself and there's also the the that Northern Ireland sort of thing of playing it down yeah unbelievable yeah I'm just I'm just not at myself yeah today, or, no, I'm grand yeah grand and that's saying there alone I'm yeah. grand and you know deep down looking at that person yeah you're not grand 100% yeah 100% I must use that fucking phrase a thousand times a day but yeah. 100% 100% yeah um, what, what do you think what, what what do you see as what is depression how how how, how do you describe it It'd be so hard to label it because there's so many different, so many different emotions and feelings that go with depression, and a lot of people have different depre- sorts of depression. Yeah. Well, to me, like this is me trying to take over here, but like just for me to explain, depression for me is going between not feeling anything and just feeling really fucking sad. Yeah. As in the classically crying. Yeah. Cry, 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 cry. And again, not really feeling anything. I've been so tired that 
you just you're just tired. That doesn't matter how how long you sleep, or how long for, what time of the day, what time of the night. You just can't. Yeah. You know, you can't get enough sleep. That is it, and that's where the the half you're emotionally drained. Mm. You're completely gutted. So how is, is that? Would you have had similar experiences? Yeah, I had ex- similar experiences. I didn't leave the house for days on end, mm-hmm. and then I would turn around the weekends. I would go out at the weekend. Someone's yeah, asked okay. me, and you think, "Well, have a drink and forget about it." And then that's what that involves. And then on the Monday again, you're just shallow. You're just yeah, just empty because yeah. you never dealt with that emotion. You've hit it. And yeah. it's just building that. So you're back to square one again, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, another question there. A guy called uh, David said, "What age do we start talking to our kids about mental health?" Today's uh, well, I wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't be a social worker or a teacher, hmm. so I wouldn't really be too sure about that. But I know myself as a father. I know down the line, maybe first year, second year, it would be a perfect time. Because that's when they start to learn a lot more education-wise. Yeah. yeah. Would you, like, I suppose it's all about, I don't know, fucking so long time for my kind of child. And I've um, I've never been around children. Like, I've, I'm an only child and no nieces or nephews or anything like that. But I suppose you have to sort of help your child or children, like, identify their, their emotions. Yeah. A wee bit. You know, do, do you ever have you had to have that conversation? Now, obviously, I suppose if, if a child gets angry over something, you know, you know, acting a wee bit spider yeah. or whatever, you have to say to them, no, that's not. Yeah. You know, you have to call them to order a wee bit. So, you I know. think I've been lucky enough you know, on my half that I didn't have, don't really have much conversations about emotions with yeah. my daughter, which is pretty good at the minute. But I think down the line, I'll have it. The talk that I would have is about life. It's not all what it's made to be because of social media. Yeah. You, you do what you want to do, mm-hmm. and you'd be happy in yourself. Don't let don't let other things pressure in down different alleyways. Yeah. Have have that one goal ahead of you and stick with it. Whatever makes you happy. It doesn't matter if you don't find it the first time, the second time, the third time. Yeah. We all make mistakes in life. Yeah. Just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to know. I suppose like people will be thinking, you know, there's a lot more emphasis now on children's, you know, t- talking about emotions through fucking cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and um, and I suppose you could see how if you start using words like anxiety and stuff like that, you know, a child could play up on that a wee bit or yeah, you know because they, they don't fully understand what it is yeah. but they know that it's something that you know did you, uh, yeah I understand that that's like when you're saying you have the flu you're not going to school and the following week the child says I have the flu I can't go to school yeah that to, mentality yeah. you're thinking of yeah because like, obviously in our day well I know you're younger than me but you know if you were sad when you are a child the reason you are sad is because maybe you fell yeah. Or because somebody had, you know, a toy like me and my cousin Stephen, like he always had class toys. He gave us, he got a super soaker before I did, right? And I was like, oh, you know, so you were, you know, you were jealous, you were, you were raging that he had yeah. it, and you didn't, and you know, you maybe asked for it, you know, off off my ones and say no, you're not getting it, and I'd be like sad, and yeah. you know, so there's all those emotions, like, but you don't put labels on them. You know, your mom doesn't sit you down and say, right. We haven't bought you a super soaker. I understand that you're angry about that. I understand that you're jealous. But these are all no, that that doesn't happen. Like, no, it doesn't. You, know, you don't. You, you just get a kick you know, and told the wise up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. then again, if 
if a child, you know, if that goes on, right, where you don't have that chat about what, yeah. what an emotion is, you know, if you're if this you're sad about something or you're worried, you know, if a child, like, mm-hmm. I, I would have been a very worried child. Yeah. Um, I would have worried about lots of different things, right? Um, stupid things. But really, really worried. Like from an early age, I would have been a, a panicky, anxious. But I keep it all in. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't say it. Like I would have worried about the house going on fire. But that's because I watched fucking London's Burning, when I shouldn't have. Yeah. You know. Um, but but at nine or ten o'clock at night, whenever you're a kid and you're thinking to yourself, what if the house goes on fire, right? Um, you're fucking worried. Like, yeah. You know, um, if you get tired, ter- if I had to say that to my ones, you know off the cuff kind of thing they probably would have said oh wise up as you say yeah. you know, wise up the house isn't going to go and fight yeah. you, know, you know so is it better to indulge we conversations like that yeah. or? kids for some reason nowadays are more mentally prepared with the high tech stuff yeah. the iPads the phones they're seeing they're seeing more life than we did Yeah. when we were younger we just seen Ireland Northern Ireland that was it I will, or even like you saw home above school Mass maybe, yeah. um, and then maybe your cousin's house or yeah. your, you know blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't see what the children see now. That is, which is great for you them. You see neighbours. Yeah, sometimes. And home and away. <laughs> yeah, you've seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a different world, really. It is. So I don't know, David, if that's an answer. I suppose the answer to that question is whatever age you feel is right. Yeah. Or whenever they say it to you. Yeah, when you think, ever think it's appropriate. Yeah, if your wee girl come to you and said that she was worried about something, what what would you say to her? Yeah, you would just ask her why, mm. and you would try to define why it's happened and yeah, what actions do you take after that? Like coronavirus. Yeah. Has she mentioned that to you? Yeah, she knows all about it. Yeah. Thank God, social media again. Yeah. There's a. And uh, is she afraid of it? No, she knows that. The, the brilliant thing is, she knows she has to wash her hands yeah. more often than ever now. Yeah. And she was anxious about wearing a mask. So I didn't argue if she didn't want to wear a mask, she didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So I didn't put that pressure on her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good thing. Never put too much pressure on your children at a young age, because mm. it is very hard for them alone getting through growing up as a child and coming into a teenager. You're getting your emotions. You don't know what emotions are. Yeah. I think I suppose I think if you if you explain a thing to the child, no matter what it is, if you but if you actually sit and you say to them, right, this is this is what the crack is, and you're honest with them. Yeah. Instead of, you know, fibbing or, you know, saying, oh, we'll talk about that when you're older. But if you actually explain it to them, it doesn't matter what it is. They just accept it. And they're like, all right, mean? fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's grand. That is. That's yeah. the way of it. I'll roll with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll maybe finish on this one. My old mate, Ali Mega, said, do you think shouting you is good for your mental health? Why do we do that so much over here? I think that's an expression. We're getting an emotion out there. You see someone you know. Yeah. It's a good, I think it's venting. Yo, I always would go with yo, you cunt you. Yeah. Depending on where I am. That's usually on now. Yeah, I know. But it's good. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. that See, I'm, I would be the kind, if it's too cold, I wouldn't put the window down. I would just beep, as you know yourself. You do. You love a good beep, boy, don't yeah. you? Yeah, there's nothing as bad. Um, oh, well, actually, I had another question over on Twitter. How long do we see? Oh, yeah. Do you think Northern Ireland holds more of a stigma towards mental health issues in the rest of the UK, considering with the highest suicide rate? If so, why? I think that's I think that's a troublous thing. Yeah, it is. It is. There is a pandemic now at the minute with mental health itself that's being underlying because of the flu and 
before they get a vaccine and that but no this it, it hasn't just been now in the last two years this has been the last few decades yeah absolutely yeah and it's only coming to light because people's only starting to talk about it more and mm. that's how you get it out there yeah it's start to talk about it more on a daily basis yeah not every once in a while at a family wedding going oh there's jack over there he's not well yeah not well in the head i would find that you know if whenever something happens somebody's say for talk's sake god forbid touch wood and all the rest but say you know i hit the car on the way home right or put the car into the ditch or something like that you know you'd, if you did a certain amount of wailing about that you know in the past maybe more so you would have had your ma or da saying listen fucking shake yourself there wouldn't it be far worse if you were such and such down the road yeah who's lost a child or who lost their husband you know and it would have always been invariably be troubles related yeah. wouldn't it be far worse yes. you know imagine look at look at that woman look, look how look how well she's doing you know and you're like oh, fuck Hello, i suppose yeah. you're right yeah right I enough yeah down. yeah it's like we've been bombarded with perspective yeah because we've grew up in our generation with troubles etc yeah. and the really darkest of times yeah and to put that perspective on us oh, but look at look what happened up the road and we're yeah. fine down here yeah it sort of like almost not invalidates your, your feelings but it sort of diminishes them a wee bit we sort of have to say right well you know yes something really bad happened to me but something worse happened to somebody else so yeah. therefore i can't talk about or i you know i don't have the right to feel how i feel yeah, I think that's just sorry. I think that's just painting over the cracks. Yeah, I think that's what's up. That's the way it's always been. You've been painting over the cracks. No one wants to talk about it then, because yeah. no one's exchanging conversation about it. Yeah, because it's such a small like Northern Ireland or the North or whatever you want to call it, or Ireland in general is so fucking small. So there's, you know, I can't think of anybody that doesn't have some tenuous connection to something that's happened in the troubles in the last whatever 30 years 40 years whatever yeah. you know and like 30 40 well yeah we're in there nearly 50 years now like it's not that long ago realistically you know so um i think maybe as time goes on things may improve a wee bit yeah but it's, it's going to take yeah as you look at you're coming out of a generation that grew up in the troubles you're coming into a generation of a social media trouble yeah yeah that's you're not cyberbullying. Yeah, you're not impressed with social media at all. No, you're not. No, it's not that I have been affected by it. I think it's people look up to it too much. Yeah. And there's not social media is brilliant. See the tools you can use: mm. friends abroad, families, family photographs, groups, yeah. community groups. It is absolutely brilliant. But you're always going to have a dark side of no matter what you have yeah, to yeah. use. But I'm not slating social media. It's just I think we're growing up growing up at the minute looking at a generation that look after the perfection of life yeah when it you shouldn't be yeah see how do you how do you break that though it's 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 think, difficult isn't yeah. it yeah and i think that has to come from family itself mm. you can't have the children looking up as someone's worked hard to have the perfect house to have do you mm. know that kind of way i think conversations do need to be had over the dinner table yeah there you go yeah, yeah. You, you should run for office by I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah back to back to uh, basic basic family values yeah um, well do you feel any any less of a dick now than you did before, when you started talking no yeah I was really anxious sitting here at the start but it's alright it's not too yeah, bad like, you'll get loads of good feedback will you see especially yeah. after that photograph yeah. <laughs> so so if you had to if you had to sum if you had to sum it all up in like a couple of sentences what's the crack of mental health well, on mental health itself I know it's mental it's mental health day this Saturday the tenth, mm-hmm. 
Pamphlectober and Pips themselves is doing a mental health week themselves this week mm-hmm. and the tools are there to be used to help. You just ring them up, go online, see they, they can even talk you through. There's programmes on their website to help you through. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can advise yourself. But I think out of our conversation now alone, if it helps one person then that's a success. Yeah. Um yeah, I think you're right. I always point people to Pips, like, you know, because yeah. they are a class. And it's 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 wild how, how people don't know a great yeah. deal about the services that they offer and you know the the fact that it that it is free. Yeah. You know, um I think maybe more awareness needs to be done there. But I know it is that is very local. Work is Pips just is it is it Northern Ireland? It is. There's a few offices in Northern Ireland itself. Right. And they're self self run charity they are yeah. but they are and they're very family orientated no matter what centre you go to mm-hmm. you'll find it very comfortable you can talk to someone yeah. there's no there's no there's no awkwardness or tense you'd only feel that in yourself yeah no well I, I did enjoy not enjoy but like that's the one thing that I did like about Pips is because I had been to mental health in Daisy Hill yeah. right um, not for very long but it is it's very much a hospital environment and uh, you know there's the, there's the, your inner stigma there where you're like God yeah. you know the fact that it says mental health yeah. department and you've been told to wait in that yeah and you're, room, you're in you that wait, waiting room and you're like we'll call your number mm-hmm. we'll sit you yeah. down yeah. whereas when you go in the pips in your you know it's just like it's like a, an office building you know you've got a nice reception you know you've somebody dead on behind the door well, yeah. how you doing blah, yeah. blah 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 a friendly and face you don't tend to, to meet a lot of people when you're coming in and out you might you see the odd person you know yeah no, but that's another thing don't think that you're going to bump into someone you know if you're coming through the door and they're coming out yeah there will be set times and it will be confidential and private yeah so don't feel like you're going to bump into the next door neighbour yeah you'll have a set time and you can walk in it'll be all confidential and it won't be, it won't be uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, like, I know half the town. Well, you know, half the town fucking recognises me. It's hard to miss fucking <laughs> 20 stone fucking ginger lesbian in a Northern Ireland top. Um, but I don't think I've actually ever met somebody that I know in in, in those sessions. Like, I did eight weeks of sessions yeah. a couple of years ago. And that was on site. Obviously, this time around, it was Zoom because of the whole pandemic yeah. nonsense. Um but I don't think I ever met anybody around, bumped into somebody that I knew. To, no, to you, have, ne- you never will. To have that moment of, yeah. oh shit, yeah. you know, uh, I have to explain why I'm here. Because yes. obviously you don't have to explain why you're there. Yeah. But, you know, you make things. That, that overthinking starts then. Yeah. And that's another but, episode. So it, it, it is kind of weird, actually, that, you know, had eight weeks that and I didn't actually bump into a yeah. single person, which is great. And it's brilliant. Really, it is, it's really good. And everyone that, everyone that works there are unbelievable. The job they do is really good. Yeah. But you have to say that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm only slagging. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want you to get beat up by your sister. You know. No, I'm sick of that. I'd say she would knock you out. Like. I say she would too. Yeah. Well, she's tried before, but. Yeah. But she can you hit her back? Cause she's no. No, you get over an edge. You can't do that. Anymore. Right. Okay. Okay. Like Ross and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Monica. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Well, listen. Thank it's you really very much for the crack. Uh, we didn't get talking about Mainwell FC. That could be another. Um, that could be another podcast for another day. But uh, on the team sports thing, um, basically, it's a football team that's been like a soccer team that's been started up, and the, the emphasis is on mental health. Uh, I got a wee message from them today, the and I haven't read through the PDS and stuff that they sent me. So all I know is Niall Crilly has been kicking a ball about the place with Keith Gillespie. Is that something that would turn you on? 
Oh, it depends. Not Nail Carlino. No, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, no. The thought, yeah. I think, that, I think it's getting out there and socialising again. Yeah. Getting into team sport. Yeah, that'll be, there'll be a massive social buzz off that. Like, yeah, no, you know? that, that is a good thing. And it is good that different groups are getting awareness out there for it. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get a, we'll get a crack with them. Um, maybe there should be a, a female version. There should be. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I'd be an unreal keeper, like. Unreal, just stand there, balls bouncing off me. Do that. First, first time for for everything, you know. John, thank you very much. Um, no, thank you. And it's good to talk to you. Thank you. You're still a dick. I know. Stop doing. Stop doing the horn at me, please. It's a reflection. Reflection. Oh, I like that. <laughs> right. All the best.